1: During the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business.
0: Well, today we have a fun one and fun because we're all nerds here and we want to better serve our clients. And this conversation today about how you can make your coaching process unique and have it stand out falls under that umbrella, both as serving clients, I think from the, you as the coach, but then also you as the marketer, it makes your life a little easier as well. You will be
1: far more effective in business when you are able to tell people, I have something that other people don't have. Very hard to get convinced people to buy something from you when your sales pitch is, mine's exactly the same as everyone else's,
0: but give me your money. Yeah which is differentiate yourself with key lime green shirts and specific coaching program processes is I think the main takeaway for today. So where would you like to start today with this one?
1: Yeah, I think we should start with just dispelling a myth that might exist. (laughs) And I don't know how prevalent it is within coaches, I do actually know, I do know everyone has this in belief in their head, how strong this belief is, how much it plays into your psychology, how much you view it as absolute it is varied between people, right? So everyone has this basic concept in their head. Some people, this is a very strong idea. Some people, it's a very weak idea. Yep. And that is that X is a commodity. Okay. Right? and commoditization is a concept in business where it's the idea that over time products become indistinguishable from each other
0: okay a commodity
1: milk great yeah exact exactly right that 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 is the textbook one of the textbook examples i read
0: right? my I, I read my textbooks in college so yeah. there we go
1: right milk is a commodity and so commoditization is over time products become commodities. In the beginning, the iPhone was the only phone that could connect to the internet. It was the only phone that had the touchscreen, so on and so forth. And now every phone connects to the internet. Every phone is, has a touchscreen. And so as a result, over time, this idea that you can't have differentiation, that ultimately everything leads to that. And this idea is very commonly taught and is absolutely false.
0: Because you can have whole uh, milk. You can have 2% milk. You can have. Have you, been to have you been to the milk department of the store? There is a ridiculous number of milk.
1: Uh, they have almond milk, which, if you've ever tried to milk almonds, I don't know how they do it. It takes me forever, but. <laughs> You're weird.
0: Okay. So bringing you back, Key Lime Pies. Bringing so, bring you back. Okay, so, financial coaching. So this
1: idea is just factually wrong. When I was a. Uh, vice president of, of a financial institution. This was an argument that I got into a lot over, right? With checking accounts are commodities and they're not. There are ways to make checking accounts very, very differentiated. And we what I
0: teach... thread actually in this group about what checking accounts are best for having multiple sub accounts or different, right. right? So we were sharing, having a discussion on... about how checking accounts aren't commodities. Correct.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so coaching, to some degree, everyone has this belief that financial coaching is a commodity, right? It's sitting down and working through a process with a person, right? Depending on, on the individual, depending on how they view their coaching and depending on how they went about learning about financial coaching, they may have a stronger or weaker belief related to that, right? There are people who, for example, might've gone through Dave Ramsey's program And they view their coaching as well, it's the same as everyone else because I follow the Dave Ramsey method. And I'm not saying that you have to get rid of, throw away the Dave Ramsey method in order for it to not be a commodity, because there are ways to take Dave Ramsey's method or anyone else's, right? And turn it into something that is uniquely your own. And this is the important thing. You need to be able to turn something into, turn your coaching into something that is uniquely your own so that you give. Prospects a compelling reason to choose you over anyone else. If your sales pitch is, "I will help you go through Dave Ramsey's method," okay, he's got a book that's two thousand dollars cheaper. Maybe I should try that first. He's got right?
0: Financial Peace University.
1: He's As got you, all these other offerings. Right. I can just talk with with my friend who went to Financial Peace University, buy the book, and maybe that's all I need. Yeah. And so the more that we products are only commoditized when we, as the business owner, make them commoditized, right? When we don't create something unique. And so what we want to do is we want to create something that is truly different because it gives people a compelling reason to come to us. And it's the reason why, you know, when we talk about launch, there's a whole, two whole weeks devoted to this in the phase one of it, And then there is eight months devoted to this in phase two, because this is really, really important, right? You have to be able to say, here's what I do and how I do it different. I'll give you an example. Alta, one of the first cohorts through launch, she has a program that is wildly different than anyone else's. She does stuff in there that I guarantee you financial coaches would think, well, that's not even financial coaching. But it absolutely is. It's just so wildly different because of the program that she's developed to the point that she's gone on podcasts and has come back to us during office hours and saying, hey, so how do I defend myself against someone stealing my program? Because people heard just a tiny little bit about what she was doing and were so excited about it. That they were talking about stealing it and using it themselves. (laughs) You want your program to be that good. And that type of compelling, I have this and no one else does. And it also meets your needs, right? We have to, we'll get to that later. But those two things are combined. It makes it so that people don't really have a real, I mean, they have a choice, but the choice is something that is generic or something that is perfect for me. And they're going to choose you because it's perfect for me.
0: And it also makes your job or what you do more fun as a coach, I would say, because mm-hmm. if you're, it makes marketing easier because you have something that is specifically tailored to yeah. your ideal client. So it's fun to talk about because you aren't trying to defend yourself, such as like, yeah, why would you pick me versus a book or a podcast if all I do is help people with budgets? And then also it's satisfying because you get to help your clients in a particular way that is specific to them. So they are very likely going to get better results than just going through a standard program. Exactly. So that's from the marketing side of it,
1: right? That's from the business side of it, from the why this is going to help grow your business. Then there's the side of it of client service. And one of the things that is really great about Programs like Dave Ramsey or Susie Orbins or even my nonprofits is that they're scalable. They can l- help large numbers of people and they can do it at very large scale. The fundamental problem with all of them, though, is that they can get you maybe a third of the way there, maybe a quarter of the way there, maybe 10 percent of the way there because they are generic. They're one size fits all. And one size fits all does not work. You're going to have people making very, very bad decisions because while generically this is an okay idea, in this person's specific situation, it's actually very damaging or problematic. And there are dozens of examples of this. We've talked about this before the whole life versus term life. The majority of life insurance needs are temporary needs. And so therefore, term life insurance makes sense for the, we'll call it the typical need. Yeah. The problem is the majority of people don't have the majority of needs. The majority of people actually have permanent insurance needs. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you have a, let's say that you have children and you have a business partner. Okay,
0: Okay. I have four cats right now and a business partner. So we'll, I I can go with that. Yeah. So you've got a mortgage. Mm
1: -hmm. You've got to worry about your kid's college education. You've got to worry about making sure that your spouse, the other parent is taken care of. If you were to die, right, we have got to replace income, right? We've got all these different needs. All of those are term needs, right? All of those have an end date on them, but you also have a need to make sure that your business partner, if they were to die or we'll keep it on you, that if you were to die, that your business partner has the ability to buy out your share of the business to provide liquidity for your family. So the majority of your needs are term insurance needs, but you have a permanent insurance need as well. Gotcha. And so you kind of need a combination of both. It doesn't mean all of your insurance should be permanent. It's a combination of both. And this is the same for every person with financial coaching as well. So throw out life insurance, budgeting need, debt pay down, all of these different things, the generic advice only applies to a subset of the needs that people have. And there are going to be these other needs that the generic advice is doesn't help, doesn't address, or even harms the person. Yeah, And this is why you can't have a one-size-fits-all program. This is why financial coaches are so important to be able to take the generic things, throw out the stuff that's harmful, modify the stuff that's irrelevant, bring in more stuff to address needs that are not met to create something that is unique to the needs of that individual or the needs of that group. And that's why the world needs financial coaches. Otherwise, all of you would be out of a job. We just give people books.
0: Yeah, that won't happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, and it also makes our job easier as financial coaches because when you have a lot like if you have a more generic program and don't have a specific type of person who you help you're going to be getting lots of different types of people who have all varied types of needs and it will get overwhelming to have try to create processes that address all those different needs to get the knowledge to address all of those different needs to have the expertise to address all those different needs so also from a business owner standpoint and being able to help and serve the client you can't do it as well when it's more general for the reasons that you shared and also. Yeah process standpoint, knowledge standpoint. It's really hard. And so that's the other side of it. You need to have a unique program to better
1: serve your clients because your clients are unique. Even if you are serving a large group, that's a subgroup of the enormous group that is the United States. That subgroup has unique needs relative to people who are not in that group.
0: And an important point to make, it's maybe taking a step past where we are, but this just happened to me recently, so I was annoyed and wanted to go on a little mini rant about it. Is saying that your program is different is not having your program actually be different. Right, it's happened. We we're looking to, we're potentially looking to build a tiny house, and so I was like, oh, what does tiny house financing look like? So, Google tiny house financing and clicked on a couple different lenders that popped up just to see kind of what general rates are, terms, and it's a tiny house financing. Tiny house financing is the Google link, and then I yeah. click on it. And it was just takes me to their personal loans page. And so everything is exactly the same, just for personal loans, nothing addressing tiny houses. And I was just like, all right, I get that that's kind of how you're trying to deal with it, but it's frustrating that there's no awareness or understanding that like tiny houses can also not necessarily be cheap. And so a standard term of X, you know, and this interest rate. And, and you also said that you had specific knowledge and understanding about this, but you're funneling me into something that is just generic. like. Why the bait and switch? So it's also frustrating from a consumer standpoint. And just to be aware of that as a coach to, if you market yourself to a particular niche and say that what you do is different, to back that up, both to better serve the client and also not to frustrate them either.
1: Yeah. And your referability drops like crazy. That's another very good point. Right. I mean, you're definitely not going to tell anyone about any of those links you clicked on other than to talk about how crappy the companies were hundred percent
0: already doing that part. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So these are all the reasons.
1: So then the question is how do you go about doing it? Yeah. And existing programs are a great place. So talked about Dave Ramsey, but there's, there's other ones, you know, national endowment for financial education, financial coach Academy. You've got Deb's program. You'll have to remind me of it. I can't remember. (laughs) It's Uh, Money coach training. Yeah. You got the Klontz's work, yeah, the CFP programming. There is no shortage of options for existing programs out there that you can get involved with. But that is a starting place, it's not an ending place. And that's really, really important because of the fact that all those programs are designed generically, right? They're designed for. This is how to help people. And you need to take those, whatever it is, and you may even have a combination of those and whatever it is, sit down and say, okay, how do I customize this? What do I add in? What gets eliminated? What do I change? What do I walk away from the religious teachings of fill in the blank person? Yep. And move toward that doesn't really work for my audience, for the needs of my group. So this is what I'm gonna replace it with. And you need to have a process for going through and building that for yourself. And that's that's really, really important. And again, why building this out shows up in two places in launch, because this is not a, oh, okay, I'm gonna sit down and and take a pen out and just sort of make some notes and I'm done, right? We start by taking a pen out, making some notes of, of broad things, right? That's why it's a couple of weeks in phase one, but then we have to sit down and really do some in-depth work and not just over the like eight months of phase two, but on an ongoing basis, you have to do this. And every company has to do this. There's a reason why the Apple comes out with a new phone every two years. And the reason why is because people's needs change they don't have the resources, even Apple doesn't have the resources to do everything they could ultimately want to do in the next edition of the iPhone. And so they have a roadmap. They have a, this is what we'll be adding in, in edition two down the road, three down the road, six down the road. And identifying that people's desires change, how they interact with the product changes, their needs change. And as those things change, so to do programs. And so this isn't even a matter of getting a basic idea down and then developing your own unique program, but also constantly looking at, on an annual basis at least, what does need to be updated? What does need to be modified in order to keep it relevant to the needs of my audience? And this might sound like it is a hell of a lot of work. Yes, that is why... There are lots of businesses that languish at low level. I'm not talking about financial coaching business. We're talking about all businesses that languish at one or two locations. And there are very few that have that skyrocketing success. And it's because of the fact, not just this, but everything that goes into business, it's a lot of work to be able to really create something that is highly compelling to a target market.
0: And, and the is about starting with, Uh, research on that target market and that's a really important way to understand how are their needs unique and different and
1: specialized correct one thing that you said it is not a really important way the most important no it is the only way (laughs) thank you it is the most important out of one way because if you don't have research what you're doing is you're applying stereotypes Period. People say, oh, no, I understand these people because I know a lot of people that are in this situation. No, you have anecdotal evidence of a very small group of people that all have a commonality amongst them that brought them into your life. Meaning that unless your target market is the six people that you know and you don't want to expand your business beyond those six people, you really don't know anything about the group. And this by the you're way harsh, is not- Professor Troche, you're harsh. I am, yes. <laughs> yeah. But this is not an attack on you as an individual. This is what all businesses have to do. Yeah. Right. When we talk about researching target markets, companies like Apple, who is excellent at understanding their target market, they're excellent at it because they literally have a multi-dozen team of people, probably a few dozen people whose full-time job is doing nothing but researching customers. And they have a culture where every comp- person that works at the company is also doing research. So you're talking about thousands of employees all doing research with dozens of people who o- whose only job is to do deep research. And that's why they're able to build these things, build products that are not technologically advanced, right? Apple's technological advances are like Japanese technology from a decade ago. Their Apple is really, really good at understanding and anticipating the needs of their target market. And that's their core competency, not technological development.
0: At least not anymore. The iPhone was good at that in the first time it came around. But yeah, not as much, not nearly as much sense. Yeah. She had a question, but I'm going to wait for him to clarify. He said, I have seen few DR, like Dave Ramsey successful coaches. How do they make it that far? I'm just getting clarification if he means how did the few make it that far to be successful, which I'm assuming. Yeah. So. And I know you speak in like hard terms, right? And you use. I'll speak Dave in very terms. harsh terms. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> The, the reality is, it's be, and, and this is something that's really important, I care more about people's success than, than warm fuzzies. And when I teach, I gen- this is generally part of my first day lecture where I'll ask people, what have you heard about me in class? And I actually have a lecture around setting expectations as a manager in, in one of the management classes I teach but I am very well known for being a very hard professor, but you'll actually learn
0: something. And I think, you know, from the perspective of you know, how do those few coaches actually be successful mm-hmm. and at least from my perspective, I interpret it as, and correct me if I'm wrong, that being a generalist doesn't mean that you won't be successful. It's that being a specialist means you have a much higher degree of both serving the people in the way that they need to be served and of being successful. So in the same way that like, you know, it's never 0% and 100%. It's just yeah. if you want to be successful and better serve clients, you will have a much greater chance at being that by niching down. And there are always outliers, if you will. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't diminish the fact that kind of what you are saying yeah. still holds true. So while we wait for Chi to clarify more, let's go back. Like like make it to a full-time coach. Yeah. So So, how how have they made it to become a full-time coach? So let's start with, yeah, let's go ahead and answer that question. Then we'll come back to research.
1: And the answer to that is, I don't know. I'd have to look at the people, but I have some guesses. So guess number one is that they're a Dave Ramsey coach. But that doesn't mean that they coach based on Dave Ramsey's program. Dave Ramsey's program may have been the underlying thing. And then they may have built on top of it their own specific goals and objectives and so on and so forth. A Great example of this is there are registered investment advisors who will or other financial advisors who will use Dave Ramsey coaching as a method of bringing people over to the other side, right? Over to the other side of their business. And that sets them apart from other people because they're able to say, I'll get you to this point and then we'll transition and get you to this. They may also have something that is very unique. So they've added on additional components that help build. Something that they can say, yeah, Dave Ramsey is the foundation of it, but here's the stuff that we do beyond Dave Ramsey. It could be that they've got a really, really good marketing program. When they get a lead from Dave Ramsey, they've got a full time person that all their job is is to call that person until they wear them down and say yes.
0: They could have a really big built in network of people who know, like, and trust them, and just they have a big enough pool of people. And they're really good at sales with them and not
1: sleazy sales, but just good good sales. sales. Yeah. So there's lots of reasons why the few that you've seen are successful. But the important thing in there is that what you've identified is that the majority aren't. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because it is so hard to be successful when your pitch is I do the same thing as everyone else doesn't mean you can't do it, right? You might, be, you might have a great network and have, be really naturally good at sales. You might have been trained in sales because that was your previous job. You might have a, some relationships. Your network may be related to centers of influence that refer people to you because you have relationships with those people, maybe because that was your old job. But there are all sorts of reasons why the few might make it through. But the fact that only the few do make it through to a successful full-time job, that's a sign of, how, of why the generic doesn't work when you're trying to say, I'm going to work with you one-on-one and solve your individual needs. It's great for scaling at large scale, but that's Dave Ramsey's bag. That's why he is so successful, because he can scale that at large scale.
0: And also from a, this is in launch, but just to touch on it is from a pricing perspective too, you know, the more specific that you are and the more it's particularly tailored to your niche and you can speak to why it helps them specifically and the particular benefits that your ideal group gets. It also means that you can charge more if you're able to deliver on that. And so then it's not kind of a race to the bottom of kind of you're speaking to like the commoditization of pricing too, where the prices then just, You're trying to then say, I can offer this the least expensive. And I know with newer coaches, there's already fear of charging, um, even just in general. And so I think, or not, I think, I know that being specialized allows you to feel more confident in what you charge. Yeah.
1: And I will add one other thing that is a challenge with not just Dave Ramsey's audiences, but a lot of audiences of financial podcasts. But the, part of the teaching of Dave Ramsey is to live on rice and beans, cut out all other expenses, and focus all of your money on paying down your debt. And when that is the perspective, it makes it very hard to say, well, but you shouldn't cut out my $2,000 program right?" or whatever, whatever your cost is. And so you've got a an audience that is primed to say no and to, to say no to spending on that. And you have an audience that is highly cost conscious and that may, does make it harder. And I haven't experienced this myself, but I've seen commentary in the group. In fact, there was a post just a couple of days ago about this about I find it hard because the people that I'm talking to they're very cost conscious and they don't want to spend the money on it and that kind of falls in line with the same idea right of when you have an audience that is very cost conscious it ma- it does make it harder to sell your program and again why you need to break out of that mold and it doesn't mean that you start saying dave ramsey is terrible this is not what we're saying yeah. It's just, it's not, the end it doesn't, it's not the completion. It's not all of it. It's a, it's a
0: component. Yeah. And it's helpful to have a place to start oftentimes mm-hmm. right, to not be building everything from scratch.
1: I'm also not saying that you should all start with Dave Ramsey, by the way, there's lots of other stuff
0: that's out there. That's all I heard, Josh. That's all yeah. I heard.
1: Uh. <laughs> let's go back to the research and uh, let's close up our conversation today with the idea of research and researching your client That is the key. You have to understand, not the client, but the prospect, the the target audience that you're going after, your niche. You have to understand what their challenges are, what their needs are, what their motivations are. You have to understand what's going on in their life, what is common amongst them, and what is common amongst them that is different than people that are outside the group. And those are the things that you can then use to build around uh to build your program around as well as building everything else around it the 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 process is you start with that research and then you use that research to make your program unique you use that research to have the correct things in your advertising you use that research to fill in the blank all the other pieces of your business and so knowing what to research how to research what to look for That is really the key of being successful in business. And it's not general research. It's not doing a SWOT analysis like you might've learned in your business 101 class, which by the way, I hate SWOT analysis because they only teach the SWOT part. They don't teach the analysis part. It's really understanding what do I actually need to know about my client? And then how do I take that and use it in building everything else? Yeah,
0: and I think that's one thing if we can have a little like pat ourselves on the back, slight bragging session for what we do well. I think what, what we do really well, particularly with launch and SCN, is help you make your, both your marketing, you know, your coaching program and process, what you do very unique by taking you through a very step-by-step process. So it's, yeah. and that's hopefully not counterintuitive, but it's you need, we feel that you need a step-by-step process in order to make your thing unique, so that you can. Do oh no! I, I will say you do need a step-by-step process in
1: order to make your thing unique. Otherwise, you just end up throwing a bunch of things at the wall to see what sticks, and you end up trying to sell tiny house mortgages through personal loans.
0: There you go. I could not have put it better myself. <laughs> so, yes, structure and uh, like step-by-step process to help take what you have and make it unique is really helpful. And so that's something that launched. Oh, by the way, do we share it yet? Or do we save it? Sure, share it. I mean, kind of (laughs) mean. (laughs) No. Yeah, I know. That'd be really funny. No. Okay, bye. Yeah, so we for launch, we have three cohorts that start, well, three cohorts throughout the year. So January... Three times a year, we offer launch in a cohort model. Gosh, Josh, that was good. That's my job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's here to correct me, which is great. So we have our third and final cohort of the year for 2021, starting August 29th. So, Hmm. yep. So if you are looking to join launch, looking for that step by step process, to start and grow your financial coaching video (laughs) about business, someone just wrote video in the comments and my brain was like, Oh, that's what it's going to be. Nailed it. And you want to go through it with a group of other coaches at the same stage of their business as you and through the same step by step process on a week by week basis, then check out launch. Uh, someone yes. just said, is there a video that talks about what launch is? Great question. Yes. There is. it is. Uh, we can, I can both link to it. I can just link to the, the launch page. Or Josh, do you have a better suggestion? I have a much better suggestion, which is, Ooh.
1: yes, there that's is that's a video right. that talks about it. And uh, we are going to be scheduling a demo before the next cohort begins. So at the end of August, there's going to be a demo. You'll start to see posts in the community. When you see a little puppy peeking his head underneath a fence, that's the post because it's a sneak peek. And what it's going to be is a, is it's a demo, a live demo of launch, all the, th- the platform, how to navigate it, what stuff is included in it. And we'll also have some educational stuff for helping you and your business, even if launch isn't right for you right now as well as a question and answer period. So yes, there is a video that you can watch that gives, it's a little outdated now because we've added a bunch of stuff to it since then, uh, but it is there. But we will be doing a live demo and question and answer. And so you can sign up for that, what we call the sneak peek of that demo. And even if you can't attend it live, we'll send you the video of that sneak peek as well.
0: Yeah, and I actually have the link to register for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, go and throw that in. <laughs> as I say, so I'll throw that in there. I'll also send a link to the older video. But mm-hmm. as Josh said, we've added a good amount since then. So it would be great yeah. if you can register for that launch demo. And if you can catch it live, that's awesome. And if not, you will still get a recording. Yeah. So since I'm terrible at multitasking, I will not go ahead and do that right now. Once we're off in about 30 seconds, I will drop those links in there. So that was a great question. It was Raphael. So we'll tag Raphael just to make sure he sees. For sure. Nice. Um, So thanks, everyone. Josh, as always, total pleasure. Uh, If any questions come up, you're watching the recording. Just tag Josh or I so we're notified and know to answer. And yeah, appreciate you all being on. You're welcome, Raphael. Glad this is helpful. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.
1: If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well.